You're listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Miss, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Ryan, and you're listening to Season 4 of the It's Riches of the Imperium podcast, the podcast in which Ryan is the expert on Warhammer 40k, and I am the noob trying to learn about the Warhammer universe. So Ryan, let's get into it. Alright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get into it. I, I don't know why, I somehow wasn't prepared for that today. <laughs> It's early. Oh, actually, it isn't. Never mind. No, it's like the middle of the day, and that's the problem. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So, I can't tell you what we're going to talk about today, right? Because we have to do the thing first, and that would be a hint. So, we'll get that out of the way nice and quick, right? Yeah. I need you to do some bullshit before we get started properly today, right? Yeah. I need you to tell me what a sanguinary priest is. All right. All right, let's hear Word it. Word of the day, or Word of phrase the of the day, like to... Sanguinian priest. Sanguinary. 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 I'm still yes. thinking about Sanguinius, that he has a part to play in this episode. Right. It fits the name. It did. And it's, it's a priest. So it's not a weapon or anything in that area. It's a title that is bestowed to somebody higher up in, you know, in the area of... Uh, I, I don't... It's a, I don't know. It's a title bestowed to somebody close who was close to Sanguinius before he died. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, I don't even know, yeah. Okay, fair enough. We we will get to that later on, but as you may have guessed from that, we are going to be talking about the Blood Angels today. Yes. Now, there's a thing with the Blood Angels, right? That, They're disgusting rituals? I'm sorry, yeah? Yeah, there's a lot of that today, don't worry. Don't worry, we're going to get plenty of disgusting rituals today. Um, yes, sir. But the thing is, that the whole point of this season is we're supposed to be taking you from, like, end of the heresy times to modern day, Yes. And there's a lot of stuff carries over through that with a bunch of the legions. Like, uh, Araman obviously comes up a lot in the modern day with the Thousand Sons. Uh, well, uh, like the Black Templars that followed on from Sigismund. They are around a lot in the modern day. But yeah. there isn't, like, a backstory you need to know specifically for the Blood Angels that you don't already know to the modern day. There's no, like, characters that carry over too much. In a, okay. in a specific manner anyway, right? Yeah. The main things that we need to talk about are the Black Rage, which we've mentioned a couple of times, because that obviously only started after Sanguinius died. So that only came in right at the end of the siege, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is the successor chapters from the Blood Angels, because the successor chapters are around a lot in the modern day as well. So that's the kind of stuff we're going to focus on today. Okay. I I do have a little uh, thought experiment I want to do with you first, right? Uh, this came to me earlier uh, while I was talking with my with my missus, and I want to run it by you just as a curiosity, right? Say for example, you were a citizen, just a normal like civilian in Warhammer Forty K, just on some random planet, right? Yeah. And your planet was going to be attacked, right? Yeah. Which of the uh, which of the legions or I suppose chapters thereof 
would you want defending you if your planet was going to be attacked? Well, that's a tough one. Um... <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I, I can give you some backstory here as to how I came to this question, right? Because yeah. So what we were talking about, right, is I went through the names of some of the Blood Angel successor chapters, and as I was looking through them and kind of making my notes and stuff, I was like, these dudes do not sound like the good guys, right? These do not sound like heroes. They sound like the villains, because their names are not, like, they don't inspire confidence in them, right? Are you talking about the Blood Angels right now? Yeah, yeah specifically Blood Angels, right? That All their successor to... chapters have really yeah. murdery names. Yeah, they don't it's, sound it's like... like the good guys. But they are, which is yeah, but they unless are. you know with the Black Rage. But yeah, um, I mean, so... I wouldn't mind it as long as you know <laughs> I live. I guess. Yeah, uh, I was so... thinking about just get free range to the Thousand Suns, right? Just give them free range to to like actually use magic and psyching stuff. Then that would be pretty overpowered. But you know that turn traitors later on but you know yeah if, if we're if we're taking the traitors into account like but back in the day when they were loyalists thousand sons oh, i then, think then, are then, the yeah. best call yeah, yeah that, that's why one of them like just give them free reign on like well the powers yeah but if we're talking modern day like chapters and everything and traitors <laughs> included i think it's ultramarines that have to pick i'm like look they're nothing special but they'll get the job done and i have the best chance of survival but like yeah like, if you've got, like, the flesh terrors de uh, defending you, there's a 50 50 shot that they kill all the enemies, then turn around and kill you too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's a good chance that, like, they would use you as a weapon to beat the enemy to death with. There's a good chance of if there's, like, no weapons around, they'll just pick me up and start using me as a bat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So, um... like,. It, it was this kind of thought process that me and my girlfriend were talking about. Because um, she she was adamant that you'd want someone like the Flesh Terrors or the, or the Blood Angels defending you. Because if you want, like, some heroic defenders descending from the sky in drop pods, you want them to be the most vicious, ferocious defenders you can find. And I'm like, no, I want, like, the Imperial <laughs> Fists, because they'll build a castle around me to keep me safe and then start fighting, right? You know, that's a, that's a good point, actually. That's a good point. Yeah, I think I'll take that because, like you say, I don't want anybody who you know gets the job done and then turns around and look at me like a new job. You look like you taste good. I'm hungry after all that defending. Come here. <laughs> we feast tonight. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> I'll just skip that. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that was a fun uh, thought experiment to put to you. Uh, That's a good before question, we though. get into this hmm? like actually i, I want to expand on that for for mm -hmm. the viewers right now or the listeners slash viewers right because you can actually see <laughs> us in, in the studio both <laughs> on spotify and on youtube little plug there uh put it in the comments who would you want to defend you if you were the random civilian on a random planet let us know i, I just want to throw it out there you just plugged our podcast on our podcast <laughs> Ayo, I broke the fourth wall. <laughs> I, I think it's a good question, though, for the listeners. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a there's a good bit of discussion going there. Because if you go outside of like, if you go outside of Space Marine chapters or Legions or anything like that, it, it then comes to an argument of like, well, who is attacking you decides who is best to defend you. You know? Yeah. 
Because you're like, if I'm being attacked by, I, I don't know, Terranids, I mean, <laughs> I don't want guardsmen defending me, because that's just lunch for them. That's an appetizer before they get yep. to the civilians. <laughs> you know? Stuff like that. It, it does. It becomes a wider question if you go past the point of like limiting it to space marines and chapters and legions and stuff. Yeah. So the question for the listeners is like just a, like generally like all yeah. situations considered, who would you want to you know? We're not talking about odds from the tyranids or the orcs yeah. attacking or whoever it is. Just randomly, who would you want to protect you? <laughs> An army and- of custodies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's getting past them. Nope. Yeah. Oh, the Sororitas. That'd be the coolest except ones. For, you know what? I actually I would, would like to have like a right-hand man, Sly Marvel. <laughs> 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 you know? <laughs> Just have <laughs> him alone uh, standing in the middle of like a blood-soaked battlefield holding nothing but like his own shoe. <laughs> surrounded by the corpses of his enemies. Like everybody else would die, but I would survive. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. He would protect me. <laughs> If you're uh, his mission, he will protect you. Yeah. <laughs> and I will be. Oh, God. Right, okay, let's get into it. <laughs> yes, sir. So, to start, the Black Rage obviously only kicks off after Sanguinius dies. That's yep. when his his kids start suffering, right? And yep. as we've mentioned in the past, because we have talked about the Black Rage a few times, but it's this kind of curse that the Blood Angels have, where basically they lose their minds and believe that they are Sanguinius in his, like, blood rage on his way to kill Horus during the siege. But it's, like, full-on hallucinations. Like, they see one of their brothers, and they think it's a traitor marine that Sanguinius actually saw during the heresy. Yeah, they're just feral. Essentially, yeah. As far as anyone outside is concerned, they are just feral, eating and murdering, right? Yeah. But to them individually, they are actually seeing what Sanguinius saw, right? Yeah. So th- there is truth in what they see. They are seeing things that literally happened ten thousand years ago to Sanguinius. So there's probably some warp nonsense involved. It is probably more of a curse than like a genetic issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> but this is where your, like, sanguinary priest and your chaplains come in. Yeah. Okay, you just mentioned it. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah, go on. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> I'll so, confirm or deny. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the sanguinary priests and chaplains are both involved with the Black Rage and the Red Thirst. But uh, it's two separate roles, but they both share a responsibility with those two curses that the Legion has. So your chaplains are responsible for, like, the moral well-being of all the chapters and legions and stuff, right? They're essentially, like, a counsellor for them, a guide for them. They hold the Legion or the chapter's beliefs uh, and hold the Legion to those beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. That's the idea. But it's also their job to, like, look after each individual troop so that they don't fall to the Black Rage, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas your sanguinary priests are both the Legion's apothecaries, uh, so, you know, they take care of all the medical work, and okay. they look after, like, the new recruits, and they handle the gene seed, and they also look out for signs of the Red Thirst in the Legion. 
Mm-hmm. So, for the record, Sanguinary Priest, just the term for a medic in this Legion. Okay, so essentially, yeah. Yeah, the, they're <laughs> just, just medics, man, that's all they medics. are. Yeah, they're just apothecaries. <laughs> it's a weird I, name for them. I think I was closed in, in my bullshittery segment. <laughs> nah, it's not I... like an iron title, you just become a medic, that's all. I'm gonna say I'm not giving you the star on this one, man. I'm not even getting a half star. Give me like a twenty percent star. <laughs> give me the tap, like a tap of a star. <laughs> Just give me a triangle, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was right. I was right in the th- like. It was like has to do with the blood angels. It was like with Sanguinius's guys. But that's yeah. That's yeah. About it. So. Obviously, these two roles are different positions within the Legion. They serve different purposes. But because one of them looks after the Red Thirst and one of them looks out for the Black Rage, you find that both of them typically work together in their jobs because one typically leads to the other. The Red Thirst typically advances into the Rage. So they typically work together in this regard quite a lot uh, and share this responsibility quite a lot. But also, interestingly, they're both, like, anyone in these roles is typically on this, like, overarching mission to find a cure for these curses. Yeah. Which is quite fun, although what a, a cure has not been found yet, although there have been people who have, like, recovered from the Black Rage. Like, uh, uh, Chief Librarian Mephiston of the Blood Angels chapter in the modern day is someone who has fallen to the Black Rage. I believe multiple times, potentially. But he's yeah. came back from it. So there are people, there are normal Marines outside of him who have come back from the Black Rage, which is odd, and no one really knows how they do it or why sometimes they're able to and sometimes they're not. So mm-hmm. it's an ongoing mission on the part of the chaplains and the sanguinary priest to find a cure. Uh right. So there is one more responsibility of the chaplains, right? And it's a fun mm-hmm. one. Uh, also, I'm just going to uh, go ahead and throw a picture of just a generic blood angel there for you, for background stuff. Mm. Yeah. As usual, they look kind of badass. Not somebody I would mess with in real life, you know? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> oh, would um, I? <laughs> <laughs> Let me fix. Oh, would I? <laughs> Take him out. But yeah, there's there's one more responsibility of the of the chaplains, right? Because yep. again, their duty is to stop Marines from falling to the Black Rage. But yep. uh, there is a ritual that they take part in, right? Oh, so yeah. before battle, the uh, Space Marines of the Blood Angels will take part in this uh, this ritual where they are blessed by their chaplain. And they all perform this chant, right? Called the the Mori Patras. Uh, the Mori Patras. Mori Patras, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, and while they chant, the chaplains like walk along them, inspecting them for signs of the Black Rage. Yeah. And any Marines who fall to the Black Rage during this chant uh, are taken away, and their armor is repainted to black. Yeah. Right? And uh, (laughs) they make up what is called the Death Company. And it is the chaplain's duty to lead the Death Company into battle 
right? So what will then happen is that those marines that felt the black rage during this ritual will be led into battle in their feral state by their chaplain. So they'll be sent in as like a strike team, just like drop potted straight onto yeah. the enemy stronghold, and they all just burst out. So you've got one sane guy, the chaplain, running around with a bolter and a crozius, just beating people to death and gunning enemies down, while there's like six or seven feral blood angels in black <laughs> just, armor just running around, tearing people's arms off and it stuff. Havoc. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. That must be fun. Yeah, fun times, yeah. But this was like, this is like the darkest duty given to anyone in the Blood Angels is leading Wait. this squad of your feral, insane brothers into battle. Yeah, actually, that must be horrendous. Yeah. Expected. Like, like these were, were, were once sane, you know, brothers. But like you yesterday, say. this was just John. Yeah, th this was John, and now he's just a, well, a ground. Now he thinks he's rapid. sanguineous. <laughs> He's a, he's, he's a, he got rabies, <laughs> like, or some <laughs> shit. He's just going feral, like, bro. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, oh. that, that is a thing that sometimes happens with the Blood Angels, where they'll, they'll use death companies of just, like, black rage-fueled space marines to go wreak havoc on their enemies. Yeah, I could imagine, there, like, for them, it's, it's very horrendous, but it's also very effective, though. It's very effective, yeah. That's basically the gist of it, is it's, like, one last way to serve... And yeah. it's like, it would be a waste of an incredibly potent weapon of war otherwise. Yeah. You know? But do they get executed after, afterwards? I don't believe as a rule they do. I think sometimes, like, if only like two survive, it's not enough to form another death company. So I think yeah. in some situations, they'll be like, ah, we'll just bolter them. But... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that as a rule they have to be executed. I think that just depending on the circumstances, you may or may not decide to. I think it's kind yeah. of at the chaplain's discretion or a leadership's discretion. If they're like, yeah. all right, we did the job. We don't, we're not going to need them anytime soon. We're not just keeping them chained up in the basement. Just get rid of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's like six guys that we could just make new recruits out of. So someone blow their heads off and we can get their gene seed back. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if they're yeah. like, oh, this is going to be a really long, like, crusade campaign. Yeah, we'll keep them on hand just in case we need to launch them at the enemy again. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were doing it for, like, a one-off battle, you'd probably just be like, uh, only John um, survived. Um, that new recruit's more valuable than having him tied up in the basement for six months. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Especially because in that six months, he'll probably break free about 40 times and eat a bunch of people in the process, so... <laughs> is he worth keeping around? Priorities, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, you just gotta uh, wait up at the time and decide if you're gonna blow his head off or not. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, those things came out of the whole Black Rage turning up after Sanguinius died, right? But, yep. and those obviously carry on to the modern day. I believe that in some chapters, the process of having, like, the death companies has kind of fallen by the wayside it was kind of like a, a long forgotten tradition for a lot of them uh, like i believe the flesh terrors in the modern day have kind of gotten rid of it as a concept like it's not a common practice in a bunch of the chapters now yeah yeah um but otherwise these roles all still exist and they all still like serve these purposes in the modern day 
so that is kind of the only really like long lasting changes that the the uh, Black Rage and the Red Thirst have brought on is that these roles have came into existence to serve them. Obviously, sanguinary priests already existed because they had medics back in the heresy, but yeah. they now look after the Red Thirst as well and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of the only part of that that really matters moving forward. So I'm going to go on to talk about the successor chapters, right? And you're going to see yep. what I mean with the names. <laughs> okay. Right? So going from the first founding, which was the legions, into the second founding, which is when we first get chapters, right? There were six Blood Angels chapters made. So you got one keeps the name Blood Angels and keeps Baal as its home world and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh and then the other five <laughs> were the angels in Carmine, right? Which in Carmine yeah. is it's like a Latin verb, which means to dye something red. So it probably means like covering something in blood in this case, right? Yeah. <laughs> You've got uh, the angels sanguine, which sanguine is literally Latin for blood or blood related. Uh <laughs> You've got the angels vermilion. Vermilion is the color of blood. Uh, you've got the blood drinkers, and you've got the flesh terrors. This is the point where I was like, I don't think these are the good guys. Yeah. You see what I mean? It's. It sounds bloody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when your good guys are obsessed with blood, flesh tearing, yeah. and drinking blood. You start to wonder if you really want them on your side. It kind of sounds like a 13-year-old girl in the Twilight Age, you know? <laughs> Back then when there was... I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to cross-reference it like that. They but don't goddamn. know nearly that much Latin. <laughs> I never know. Oh, you never know, you're right. But yeah. But I know exactly that what you mean. Sound like the, it doesn't sound like the good guys, no. No, it does not. But we're going to talk about each of them individually a little bit. Some of them, there's a bit more, like, backstory to explain than others. Uh, but there's really not a lot to go over because a, a lot of their, like, origin stories are kind of buried in history. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But also, some of the chapters turn up more than others. So, like, the Flesh Terrors, there was a novel called uh, Wrath of the Lost, I believe it is, which is just a Flesh Terrors novel, right? Yeah. But you don't really... I don't think you have, like, an Angels in Carmine novel. You know what I mean? No. So some of them are more explored than others, so... Which, naturally, some of them have more story, like, backstory than others. So, we're going to start with the Angels in Carmine. This is what they look like, right? Typical red okay. armor... Usual stuff. Got their uh, their shoulder plates carry the insignia of their chapter individually, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all wear just this red armor, except for interestingly, their death companies and sanguinary guard wear red. Uh, sorry, white. Sorry. So this is oh. what their spe- their honor honor colors are, are white for some reason rather than black. They actually look kind of cool, you know. They are quite cool. Also, imagine yeah. that splattered in blood. No, no, thank you. <laughs> but th- that's the whole point, though, because you remember, this guy's feral. <laughs> yeah, but they look cool. They they do, but my point is, I think the only reason they're white is because they realized if they were black when they were, like, the death company, if they wear black armor, 
it hides the blood, so it's less scary uh, to the enemy. If it's oh white God. and they're the, the red is just dripping off of them, anyone yeah. who sees them will like crawl up their own ass in fear. So it's like it's like a wet canvas. You could just like paint. Sh- this is like this enemy's blood. This is this enemy's blood. Yeah, exactly. Like, Comes to me, you know. <laughs> like, Help me finish the painting. <laughs> Chaplin turns around. There's like four of them that are just like red head to toe, just dripping. And then there's one that's green. Like, the hell did you kill? With what? You killed an orc? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so where did you even find an orc? <laughs> Well, uh, there was spores, orc spores, from the last adventure. But, oh, there was one hiding under that car. <laughs> All right, they bother John. I love yeah, the idea of a blood angel it. called John. <laughs> yeah, why did you call it John? Like, I don't know. To be fair, Dante, the, their chapter master of like the blood angels chapter, his actual name is Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Right? Uh, right. They they all get um, they all get like a name and then they get an angel name, which I, I don't know why. But then when they if they become a a blood angel, they take on the angel name. So he was Lewis as a child, and then when he became a space marine, he started going by his you know angel name, which is Dante. Yeah. Uh, but like yeah, they all have like a normal name, and then once they become blood angels, they get like ah, this is uh, I, I don't know, Asmodeus and <laughs> Ethuriel and shit like that. Like <laughs> I'm John. Oh, sorry, I mean uh, Ethuriel. Sorry, it's first day. <laughs> like you know what I mean? First day on a job. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so angels and Carmine. So uh, these dudes are led by a Castellan rather than like a chapter master. They have a special name for the title, so Castellan. I believe the current day one is Castellan Zargo. Uh, And interestingly, these guys are always like low on numbers. Like they're never at full full manpower because Castellan Zargo cannot sit still for five goddamn minutes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like he cannot just enjoy peace for five minutes he has to be constantly finding something to fight so he just has them always starting a new crusade or a new war or a new campaign or something <laughs> so they're just always down on guys so they're just constantly recruiting <laughs> all because their chapter master has like ADHD and can't sit still it's like me <laughs> it's like all of us man. let's be honest Ah, uh, yeah, true. Yeah. I have it, though. I do have ADHD, but you know. Oh, no, I'm, trust me, I'm right there with you. Uh, so the next one is the Angel's Vermilion. Let me guess, so, Blood. <laughs> yeah, red again. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the That's Angel's a common Ver- theme here, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Angel's Vermilion are, like, an isolationist chapter, so... They take the view that, like, the uh, the Red Thirst and the Black Rage are, like, a curse that they have to bear alone. So all the other Blood Angels chapters tend to, like, keep in contact quite closely, whereas these guys are like, nope, we're on our own, leave us the fuck alone, go away. And they just don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, they took, like, the stoic loner route <laughs> for things. Um, That's kind of cool. Again, usual red armor. And now we come to another one of the fun, crazy nutcase rituals. Okay, lay it on me. 
every 50 years, the Angels Vermilion have this ritual that they do called the Sorrowing. And uh, yeah. I'm going to give you in rough detail here. They uh, bleed a ton of humans dry, bathe in their blood, sacrifice a sanguinary priest into it, mix the blood together, and put it in all their troops' armour so it feeds it to them while they're fighting so that they don't like succumb to the thirst. It, it stops them going into the black rage because they're constantly being fed blood. I just want to iterate here, like, reiterate. Ew. I'm, I'm not saying anything. My, you sh- if, you, if the listeners could see my face right now. <laughs> uh, that's disgusting, you know? Yeah, God, these are damn. fun guys. <laughs> well, definition of fun is, is your definition of fun. is <laughs> kind of skewed, right? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've been into Warhammer too long. <laughs> Wait till season seven, you'll be like, ooh, blood ritual. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> We've come a long way since that Nurgle episode that had you almost vomiting. Oh, that was actually disgusting, though. Because it I was, yeah, that was true. Mind. I still have, though, but you know. Yeah, I never thought I'd be so lucky to, to have Aphantasia. <laughs> oh, right, moving on rapidly. Uh, which one's next? Angel Sanguine. These guys are cool. They have two-tone armor. Red on one side, black on the other. (laughs) That's kind of nice. It's quite cool, isn't it? I like this armor, yeah. Uh, So, apparently, these guys were, like, originally the chapter was made up of, like, the, the Marines who best represented, like, the glory and faith uh, that they felt towards Sanguinius. So, basically, these are the ones that, like, I don't know, I guess respected Sanguinius the most in the most zealous manner physically possible. This is the Blood Angels equivalent of the Black Templars, but rather than being zealous towards the Emperor, they were zealous towards Sanguinius. That's the gist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, fun thing, they never take off their masks in front of anyone that's, like, outside their chapter, and they will, if they are, like, even if it's, like, back at, like, their stronghold, their base, and it's only them walking around, they still have, like, hoods up and stuff so they can't see each other's faces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And if one of them falls to the Black Rage, they are captured, strapped to a big-ass tablet, and if they manage to recover from the rage, they uh, get a special, like, cloak to wear to show that they overcame the rage. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Genuinely, yeah. They get, like, a fancy, like, cape to wear if they... Or a shroud to wear if they manage to overcome the rage after being strapped to a big-ass stone tablet for ages. Why well, do I keep the feeling it's like the first one that it happened to, right? It was like, I'm proud of myself. And people are like, wait, you want a medal? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we, we can get no, you a cape. I feel like he's getting all like pissy about it. Someone just tears like a curtain off a wall and like ties it around. <laughs> like, there you go. You got a cape. Fuck off. <laughs> get out of here, John. <laughs> John. <laughs> it's just a, oh, oh, no, it's a stupid name, okay? <laughs> John Doe. It's a stupid name for a blood angel to have, anyway. Yeah. It's better than Lewis. <laughs> Chapter Master Lewis. Really? Really? Yeah. It doesn't really fit, does it? Chapter Moving on. Uh, Ch- Charlton. Oh, yeah. Okay, go on. Blood drinkers. Oh. Typical red. They got gold highlights now. It's quite cool. Red yeah, and gold yeah. work quite well together. But I gotta ask, why do they have wings on their shins? Like, why? So, uh, I think it shows up on one of the earlier ones. Yeah, so if you look at his shoulder plate, 
uh, or even his ankle thing. It's the the blood drop with the wings is a is a blood angels thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like it, it's their version of like incorporating the motif, I guess. It's just like it, it doesn't. I, represent I know. Anything. I know. It's just, it's just weird. Uh, it's weird for the sake of being weird. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's postmodern. <laughs> so, <laughs> <I'll take home. laughs> so these guys are quite fun, right? And not in the disgusting blood ritual way. They are just quite cool people because they got like red and gold armor and stuff. You know, they're yeah. like the friendly ones, I guess. Even though they're called the blood drinkers, and they actually are vampires. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so these dudes seem to have figured out, uh, or as far as anyone outside of the Blood Drinkers is concerned, it looks like these guys have, like, sussed out how to handle the Red Thirst and stuff and the Black Rage and things like that, right? In reality, they have not at all, right? These right. guys have a mutation with their homophagia uh, in their gene seed, and I don't think I've ever mentioned what the homophagia is. No. So, right, all space marines have this thing called an homophagia, or homophage, right? Which is just, it's one of the organs they get implanted to become a space marine. They can yeah. eat something and learn from it, right? So they can eat an enemy's brain and learn the enemy's battle plan that that person got ordered. Oh, right? and if it's like a fighter, they could learn their moves. It's like... Yeah, stuff like that, yeah. Uh-huh. It's not, it doesn't come up very often, but that's the basis of it. If you, you can gain information and stuff like that by eating stuff, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. These guys have a mutation in it as part of their gene seed so that they constantly thirst for blood. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, so the red thirst is really bad for these guys. Much more so than imagine. any of the other chapters. Yeah. Um, and everyone outside of them thinks that they've figured out how to handle the Red Thirst and the Black Rage and all that. In reality, they just use their desperate need for, like, to sake their thirst with blood to fuel them in battle. So they're just unbelievably vicious because they want to drink the blood of their enemies. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Also, uh, in my research about these guys, because I, I had to like go back and refresh my memory about these guys a little bit, because um, a lot of the Blood Angels chapters sound very similar, but they all have unique things. So I was doing a bit of like cursory reminding, and I found a note that just said, uh, as a side effect to their like gene seed mutation, this chapter also has really dry skin. <laughs> And I don't know what that matters, but someone felt the need to make a note of it. And I'm like, first of all, who cares? Second of all, does that mean that the inside of their armor is just full of, like, skin flakes? (laughs) Absurdly dry, just constant dandruff. And third, third, why? (laughs) Yeah, why? (laughs) Why would thirsting for blood make your skin dry? (laughs) 40k is weird, man. It really is. Maybe it's like, you know, they're dehydrated. They need to Maybe, drink yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That might actually be what it is. They might actually just genuinely be dehydrated all the time. Yeah. Or I'm just very good at bullshitting my way out of situations. Possibly. Oh, you couldn't do that with a sanguinary priest, though. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Yeah. Okay. So, last one. Uh, the Flesh Terrors. They're also black and red, but like, different. Yeah. Rather than down the middle, it's like shoulders and backplate. <laughs> and helmet, I guess. 
So, right, these guys, like I said, are one of the ones that are fleshed out a lot more than the others because they have, like, novels coming out in the modern day, so it fleshes them out a bit more. Um, but typical red-black armor. They are known to be some of the most vicious warriors of the Blood Angels, because like the Blood Drinkers carry the Red Thirst stronger than anyone else, these guys have a much more uh, difficult time with a Black Rage than anyone else does. So... If you think of it as, like, when things get really bad, other chapters will gradually get closer and closer to the Black Rage. These guys yeah. basically live on that knife edge of almost falling into the Black Rage at any given moment. Um, so it's really common for these guys to just go into the Rage and become feral. But because they're always very close to it, they also fight like they're almost feral all the time. And an but, almost feral blood angel is more dangerous than basically any other space marine in the galaxy. Oh and this is an entire chapter God. of them, always almost feral. So they're just very, very powerful, but it's also a double-edged sword, essentially. Right? Absolutely, yes. They're just unbelievably vicious, but at any moment, they could fall a little too far into it and turn on their own guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they don't have a great reputation among space marines, I'll be honest. <laughs> I could imagine. I could imagine. Yeah. Uh, so these guys were actually founded by a guy called Nasir Amit, uh, who was known to be an unbelievably vicious warrior. And he had this thing where he sat like right on the edge of the Black Rage all the time. So he got the nickname The Flesh Terror back during like heresy and Great Crusade times. So when it came time to do the whole thing and making the new chapters, he was put in charge of this one, and it was named after his nickname. So that's why they're the Flesh Terrors, because it was his nickname. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and interestingly, their their home world that they founded on was uh, Cretacea, which is a big jungle planet with like loads of vicious animals and stuff all over it. And apparently, it's a death world because you will die if you go there. But apparently, the world was like so vicious and like just horrible to live on, difficult to live on, that Amit became, like, obsessed with it and was like, if I can if I can physically overpower this planet in the process, I'll gain control of my own rage. <laughs> so he was just, like, furiously climbing giant mountains and stuff as, like, a form of meditation. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but... He, 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 like, got to a point where he was, like, so obsessed with the planet that he thought the planet was, like, a physical embodiment of his, like, him and his chapters, like, I, I guess their mentality, their their way of doing things, stuff like that. He thought it was, like, a physical embodiment of it because it was this, like, like danger right on the knife edge of being too dangerous kind of thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it also, because they obviously do their training on this world and they're recruited from this, like the tribes that live on this planet and stuff like that, those that become flesh terrors immediately going in are some of the most like vicious, dangerous people in the galaxy. And then they become that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can see why, like, they're a really effective chapter, but you'd also be terrified to have them on your side. <laughs> Yeah, they might be a little bit too unstable to my liking. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of that. So that is all of the kind of the five chapters that came out of the Blood Angel at the start of it. And okay. most or all of these come up in modern day lore 
flesh terrors get a bit more than some of the other stuff like that. But I knew that there wasn't going to be a huge amount to talk about today. So I decided there was one more thing I wanted to tell you about, right? Mm-hmm. And I tried to mention this the other day, but I couldn't remember their name. Remember a, a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about the cursed 21st founding, where they all just went horribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about the Bloody Angels 21st founding chapter. Hey. Because right. I tried to mention to you about them just being depressed and horribly unlucky all the time, and I couldn't yeah. remember their name. I was blanking it so hard. But <laughs> it's these guys, the Lamenters in bright yellow. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Ryan. They're kind of wick. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I wanted to explore this for you, because, again, this is like... All those ones we just mentioned are, like, in the 31st millennia they were founded. And they, these guys are, like, 36th. This is, like, right after or right around the age of apostasy with Gauge Van Dyer and all that bullshit going mm. on. These guys turned up. So it is thought that the 21st founding went so horribly wrong because the guy that was in charge of it decided to try and, like, fuck with the gene seed to try and make them better and just made them all horribly mutated and terrible. Okay. Yep. So, because of that, every chapter that came out of the 21st founding was immediately, like, shunned by every other Space Marine chapter because, well, they're all horrible. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, even with that, the Lamenters were considered a successful chapter of a failed founding. So, as an overall thing, Everything out of the 21st was bad. It was terrible. It all went wrong. But even out of that, these guys were considered to have been a real successful chapter. Right? Yeah. But they still got treated like shit because they were from the Cursed 21st founding. So that was an issue. So they were shunned by all the other Space Marine chapters, or most of the other Space Marine chapters. Uh, Eventually, they decided, you know what? We're going to, like, earn honour back by going on a crusade, right? We're going to do, like, a penitence crusade that we've self-imposed. So they set out to do this and then were almost immediately relocated by the High Lords of Terra. (laughs) So they got dragged out of their own crusade (laughs) almost immediately. (laughs) So no honour was gained. So that's, the, that's like the 86th bit of bad luck that's already happened to them right after they were made. Uh, they get relocated to the, uh, to the Eye of Terror because they're there to stop chaos incursions. A bunch of like fleet-based chapters, so chapters that didn't have like a home world, were just relocated to be near the Eye of Terror because yeah. chaos shit kept coming out. If we just put all the chapters that are like just live on a ship out over there because they can do that uh, they can just stop them getting out it's fine we'll do that so a bunch of them got sent out there to like to stop chaos incursions uh, yeah. and then during one of the black crusades <laughs> uh, these guys were defending a world called uh, Corellia uh, alongside a couple other chapters one of which was the Mortifactors right and uh, when the Chaos Marines started attacking the planet, which, by the way, was a very heavily populated planet, the Mortifactors just went, fuck this, we're not working with those guys. They're from the Curse 21st. <laughs> so they just abandoned them to fight, for, like, to fight on their own. 
Uh, but rather than retreating, the Lamenters were like, no, no, we're protecting these civilians. So they just fought on anyway, on their own. <laughs> uh, eventually, and I say eventually because it took a long fucking time, eventually the Ultramarines and the, uh, they're called, the White Scars got together like a relief force and sent them over to like, to, you know, relieve the Lamenters, who were the only ones defending this goddamn planet now. Um, when they got there, only 200 of these guys were left alive. Like, 800 troops had died defending this one planet. <laughs> yeah, so after they, like, repelled the Chaos forces and the Lamenters, like, left the planet to go, like, rearm and, like, rebuild and stuff, uh, they were immediately swallowed by a warp storm. <laughs> Uh, so when they were caught in the warp storm they disappeared and were declared lost in the warp <laughs> they are not a lucky group it sounds like freaking what is it called the black sheep you know yeah everything I... bad happens to them yeah I bet that yeah so they were not a lucky group but it just gets worse from there like their story does continue on they do come back but it's all equally bad it just keeps getting worse and worse for these guys and they've done nothing to deserve it nope like they're good guys they honestly are like normal space marines that are just trying their best to do their fucking jobs and everyone hates them for no reason I like to think it's because their armor is yellow <laughs> You think they're being like armor racist? <laughs> well, no, I, I think they're just like you know you're blood angels, right? And they're like, yeah, like why the fuck are you wearing yellow? Yeah, <laughs> the fuck are you doing, you morons? <laughs> this is why nah, you shouldn't just... have Chapter Master John. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah. So that that's the lamenters. These these guys are they're goddamn hilarious. How unlucky they are. Lament they're lamenting their existings. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, genuinely, that's the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. They're just depressed all the time and everything is terrible. I believe they actually do have, like, some genetic mutation. Like, everything that came out of the 21st founding was, like, a mutated version of what it was supposed to be. There's, like, there's a Space Marine chapter that came out of it that are, like, half frog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can, like, spit... Well, all space marines can spit acid, but, like, it's a big thing with these guys. I'm pretty sure they just constantly produce, like, acidic mucus inside their armor and stuff like that. Um, like, but I'm pretty sure these guys also have a mutation because they're from the Curse 21st. But I think their mutation just makes them depressed. Like, I I'm not oh. kidding. I think that's genuinely their mutation. They're just sad it's... all the time. And everyone hates them. And they've done nothing to deserve. Yeah, it could have been worse, though. It could have been, but they, they get treated like it is for no reason. It's they fun. get treated like the Frog Marines for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good times. So yeah, the, these that's what it was. It was in the uh, Imperial Fist. No, not Imperial Fist. It was in the Halloween episode. We talked about it because of the uh, Legion of the Damned. They were also yeah. from this, the Firehawks. They also came out with the 21st founding. That's when we were yeah. talking about these guys. I knew it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Lamenters. Depressed yeah. Blood Angels. You get this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's us for the Blood Angels, unless you've got anything you want to question or add. No, I had some comical remarks, but <laughs> it's gone. The moment is gone. It's fine. Uh, I apologize. 
No, it's fine. I, I would to compare them to like, you know, your standard optimistic guy, you know, just walking down saying, I'm going to try to have a good day today, right? Like enthusiastically, I'm actually going to try to have a good day. And then he gets shit on by a bird. Like he gets freaking <laughs> drove over by a freaking bike. And then like near building sites, like a, a, a can uh, hits him in the head, you know, just like yeah. everything was wrong, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> No. It's never a good day to be a lamenter. No. <laughs> but yeah. Well, do you want me to round us off for this episode, Ryan? Uh, yeah, go for it. All right. Well, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Iterators of the Imperium Podcast Season 4. It's been me, Mess, and of course, Ryan, the main man iterator. And we will see you in the next one. Take care and peace. Bye.